What is going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Transparency with Robert Smith. My name is Nathan Scott Torres, your producer of the Space Kaiju Podcast Network, here to remind you that you can also support this episode of Transparency by shopping through Amazon. You can head over to SpaceKaijuProductions.com and click that Amazon banner at the top left corner for any of your shopping needs, and it'll help the network grow. Also, if you'd like to start your own podcast today and produced by me, head over to SpaceKaijuProductions.com to submit your inquiry and get your podcast up and running today. Anyway, that's enough for me. I hope you enjoy this episode of Transparency with Robert Smith with his special guest, Marco Wape. Hey, kid, why sit in front of the TV when you can be on the... Do you know where the remote is? I looked all over the house. Slow down, Tito. Yeah. <laughs> What's popping, guys? Welcome back to another episode. Transparency, which are one and only. Rob Dizzy. As always, I'm delightful. It's actually really good today. Um, I remember last time we started, I was extremely tired. I had worked a lot of hours, but today I'm more relaxed. Just, you know, half working when I'm supposed to work full time. But anyway, um, so yeah, today's a good day. Um, I'm really excited to be returning for another episode of our 10-part special of season two with Transparency. Where again, we're going to be focused on the topic of mental health and reflecting of 2020, uh, all 2020 relations, the year, tribulations, COVID, Trump. Oh, sorry, we're not allowed to say that name on this series, according to my producer. Speaking of my producer, I want to thank my producer, Nate, for joining us as always, being background and doing all that good stuff. Nate, how about the people? Thank you, Robert. And hey, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, guys, you can find us, find us and subscribe to us on all sound platforms from Spotify, Apple Music, a bird, you know, the ways that you communicate to listen to us um, at Space Kaiju Productions. Um, so, yeah, you can just click on there and listen to episodes. And we have a lot more than this current season. Um, you can, I recommend you check out a lot of other series that my producer has on his platform. It's really good. So make sure to check that out. And um, with that being said, uh, I'm really excited because we have a returning guest, my good friend, uh, Marco Wape. He is so cool. I know this guy for over five years. He's really cool. He's not only a friend, he's a pastor of a church. My church that I tend to is amazing. I love it. It's really cool with this guy. A lot of people don't know. And me and Marco got into a lot of arguments, and a lot of fights that it's not normal, but I am so that makes me more appreciate him even more because as a holy man like himself, he is not afraid to speak what's on his mind in a very positive and affirmative way. For that, I appreciate my good buddy and friend even more. With that being said, I would like to welcome my good guest, my good friend, Marco Wape. What's up, homie? <laughs> what's up, guys? Well, thank you so much for that intro, bro. <laughs> you were right about that whole argument and fights. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people don't know, Marco, like we have yelled, what, like over an hour? Like we have yelled together over an hour, like just going back and forth. So yeah. I think if you don't fight with your friends, I don't think you're real friends. <laughs> yeah, you're not real friends. And it's definitely something that I've tested the waters with you many, many, many times. And that just makes me appreciate and love you even more man so i'm so happy you be here taking your time to talk to us and i just kind of give people the disclosure i know you're not feeling your best so you know we definitely appreciate you just taking your time to come up on um my little sh platform show and speaking to us 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys and just sharing this this moment with you uh, and Nathan too as well, just uh, sharing this, this, this platform together. Uh, you know, thank you for having me. Um, so it's, it's a blessing just to, to be here with you guys. Yes, it is, really is. And, you know, I know the last time we did our show together, we did it in person and now we're like via Zoom. So, you know, everything's so different. It's 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 a little weird to not be in your presence, but yeah. I'm still, you know, thankful that for technology that we're able to still go forward and do this. So it's a little bit of adjustment, but, you know, I'm sure it's going to be good. And with that being said, you know, you know, the subjects we're reflecting on, you know, 2020 and mental health, you know, these are these are topics that definitely resonate with myself because you know I'm kind of going through um, a lot of not a lot <laughs> but I've been kind of going through some mental health challenges and actually Marco to just dive into it you were one of the first people I actually reached out to when I was having my episodes and I was really bad um, I'm not fully recovered yet um, as far as um, well we can talk I remember I was really upset I was really upset and I didn't even want to talk to you or reach out to you, but I had to text you and I think we ended up calling and that was probably one of the best phone calls because after you, one, you were like, you know, like you should have came to me along, you know, you were assuring me like you can need to speak to people, you know, I'm always here for you. And that yeah. was a very relief, uh, relief feeling, but it was like this sense of weight that lifted off for me, but also the shame that I was carrying of feeling guilty of not, of kind of keeping this to myself that was something that was going away too. I just really like, like that we were able to have a transparent conversation That's like good. that. Yeah. And yeah. So I remember I called you. So after that, I was doing a lot better. Um, but in the end, my ultimate goal was to see like a therapist, which I'm still trying to get in touch with. Um, it's been very challenging with COVID. Um, just trying to find the right fit. So yeah, that's just wrong with that. But I know you particularly have also been seeking a therapist as well. Yes, definitely. Um, and, and, and I don't even know where to begin, but um, how to, you know, everything started um, kind of okay in the beginning of last year. Mm-hmm. And I think in the middle of, you know, of um, July, it was when all the, <laughs> uh, everything just went downhill for me or for a lot of people. A lot of people ended up going through so many different things uh, uh, early on in the beginning of that last year. But, you know, one of the things that did change for me was the fact that now I'm seeing a therapist and uh, I've never thought that I would actually ever see a therapist. You know, I'm a type of person that, that, um, that I'm helping all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly giving advice to people. Uh, I'm on a platform where um, um, I speak to people. I speak life into them. I I counsel them. I guide them. I lead them. Um, But for the first time this year, um, um, I really had to seek help for me personally. And it, was, it wasn't just because of, I think it was because of COVID and the way things, everything started uh, changing rapidly, all of a sudden, from having a church that you're trying to establish and you're trying to get it going and being such a uh, young church and being such a new church, uh, we saw a lot of changes. And so uh, one of the things that I, I ended up uh, um you know, uh, um, seeing that I needed was I needed somebody that I, that I can go ahead and talk to mm. somebody that I can go and just open up and just, uh, be myself and, and talk to somebody. I've never done this before. I've never had a therapist before, but once I found out my first, once I, fa- I had my first session, I realized that, man, I really needed a lot of help. 
but yes, uh, that's one of those things. So even leading up <clears throat> to that part, because that was just not too long ago, right? I'm assuming like not this year, but probably like late last year. Yeah. 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 Last, yeah, last year. So, I mean, personally for me, everything happened. What led me to that was the fact that I got sick in the month of July and, um, I've been battling with the sickness that the doctors don't don't know what it is. I've been in and out of hospitals. Uh, I keep in mind I've never been sick in my life. Uh, I mean, I've been like having like the flu or a cold here and there, but never had uh, any major sickness. Never ended up in the hospital ever in my life. So last year in the month of July, the beginning of July, I got sick, thinking it was COVID related. Um, I ended up testing negative a, a few times, but I ended up feeling sick. The way my body was feeling sick was that I was feeling lightheaded. I was feeling um, um, uh, dizzy. I was feeling tingly in both of my arms and in my face. Um, and eventually I ended up in the hospital. They did a bunch of tests on me thinking that maybe it could be a possibility of multiple things. Uh, it could be related that maybe I was um, uh, diabetic and uh, they did a test on me on that. That came back uh, uh, good. I wasn't diabetic. Um, and then they did all sorts of tests. Uh, they took x-rays and um, uh, blood tests and everything else, and uh, still everything came back good, but I wasn't feeling good. So eventually they started telling me that it could be related to stress. Mm. It could be related to maybe stress because within the month of July, uh, June, July, August, and September, I started experiencing something I never felt before. I started having these chest pains. Mm. It wasn't keeping me from breathing, but it was um, it was almost kind of like if I was having a panic attack or an anxiety yeah. attack. And so, um, I started realizing that, um, you know, I wasn't in control a lot. I remember one time, and I think I told you about this, but I remember one time I was in an, in an, in and out drive through and this could, this would have been somewhere in August. I was in the drive through at in and out I went after, uh, I'm at lunch mm-hmm. and I was there waiting for my food and I started feeling so anxious that all of a sudden I felt like opening the car door, opening the door and running out of my car and never coming back. I felt such a heaviness in my heart. I've never experienced this before, but I felt like the, the, the windows were closing in. The, it was taking too long and I felt so out of control that I felt like I needed to just get out of the car and run. Luckily, mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Uh, but again, I, w- I was battling from July Wait, so real quick, I'm right just now. curious. Yeah. I would just want to intervene. So how did that scenario play out? Because I know that's a pretty serious thing to you feeling like that. So I almost yeah. wanted to act that out. So did you have to call someone in that moment to like help you get through that? <laughs> yes. So my wife became the go-to person. I think I called my wife every single day, every single day, every time I was having an episode like this, every time. Yeah. And um. And, 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 and honestly, what helped me was hearing her voice on the other end. Uh, it almost see. felt like her, her voice was so soothing to me. I, I, would, I would tell her like, hey, you know, I need to talk to you. I, I'm going through this. I can't believe it. I will sometimes, you know, that wasn't the first time that happened, but I would call her and then there will be times where I'll be sitting in my desk and then all of a sudden it would just hit me. I'll be fine for one moment. And then all of a sudden I'll start feeling, I'll start feeling like a panic attack like an anxiety attack, something that I would literally go outside, grab my phone, go outside and call her. I just felt like I couldn't do it. I felt like I, I wasn't, I didn't know what was going on in my body. How did you feel and emotionally when you were having these episodes? 
Well, it was crazy because, you know, I, I, I've never been sick before. I've never gone through anything like that before. I've been through some difficulties here and there, but yeah. it, it, it emotionally, it, it was messing me up because here the doctors weren't able to find anything. Even to right now, the doctors are not able to find anything. I'm going to fast forward real quick so I can go back and tell you the story. Um, I've, they put me in a CT scan, uh, and I mean, yeah, a CT scan, I did an MRI, they did a CT scan on my brain. Um, they, uh, they, they did all kinds of tests. And even to right now, Rob, I'm not lying to you. My last checkup was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just for a follow-up checkup, nothing is wrong with me yet. I still keep feeling like crap. I keep feeling like dizzy. There's, there was a moment where I almost felt like I, I was about to faint, like, everything just shut off in my mind like everything went black and i, I thought i was a, about to fall down hmm. and so all this time you know i'm going through these things and emotionally it wrecked me physically emotionally and mentally it drained me because now i was being challenged with trying to enjoy life or even live life or do life and enjoy everything around me but it was such a difficulty being around my, my kids or my wife or even church members or church in general or taking over a church or being a leader, being a pastor was so overwhelming. It was so exhausting. It was so tiring that physically I couldn't do it. Mentally, I was being drained. And emotionally, I'm not lying to you, there was a moment where I broke down into tears. I broke down into tears. I was at Raising Kings because I love food, right? Yeah, I was at Raising raising. <laughs> I, I love chicken, me and Rob, you know, man, I, we love chicken, but I'm just saying, good. I, I was in the Raising Cane's drive-thru and my wife was next to me because I didn't trust myself driving. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I broke down into tears because I didn't understand what was going on with my life. Mm-hmm. I broke down into tears and I just cried and I cried and I cried. My wife was right there with me, patting me on the back, telling me it's going to be okay, but I've never felt this before. So mentally it was being, it was draining me. I've never been sick like this. I'm telling you that a lot of things were, were I, I was being challenged. Yeah. I wasn't able to go to the gym as much as I could because I would feel dizzy. Uh, I couldn't really play sports because I was feeling dizzy. Um, I was feeling kind of, oh, so I wasn't able to sleep at night. I was getting panic attacks, anxiety attacks. Well, I panics, remember all kinds of stuff. one moment, cause there was a, it was, I want to say August or September, because I, we, you have definitely been vocal about your experience with the church and friends. So when you had told yeah. me, I, I was very persistent to seeing you, you know, you had kind of brushed me off a couple of times. Don't even try to play me. So <laughs> I was, so, but there was this one time, you know, I kind of got through to you. You were like, okay, let's go hang out. But even like the, it leading up to the moment, it was like a drag for you. So I even yeah. came over and I was like, come on, Marco, let's just go out. Let me treat you. Let's go. Let's go eat somewhere. And I just remember, like, I can honestly just from the outside experience, I can see you, you know, just the thought of someone like pushing you. And I felt like I was putting you almost in a corner for you to kind of use a lot of skills that you're not used to, or not skills, but you were pushing yourself to try to make it through. I can see you put it like you were waking up almost in a way. And I remember just being so proud of you, of you being able to go out on that outing with me and you made it through the whole night. Cause that was like your first time, one of your first times last year that you were able to successfully just have a 
like calmness to you you know you you yeah. shared that you was like you felt calm that little hour or whatever time we spent with each other just to be able to like you had peace you had no sense of anxiety so i was really happy that happened because i remember you had shared even you went to you took trips to san diego and you didn't have the best feeling you know you had, i don't know if i can say this but you had even said that i think it was something about a honey uh it was like an anniversary or something and you were with maritza and then you guys went to san diego you didn't even want to go you had shared you didn't even want to go because the way you were yeah. feeling but you didn't even want to let her know that like you were just so yeah. overwhelmed and trying yeah, to get it was, through. It was overwhelming. I'm telling you everything from July all the way to December, but the toughest months being uh, July, August, and September, those were the toughest months because, you know, I, I, I'm not that type of person that, that opens up a whole lot. You know, mm. uh, it's been a mechanism of mine where I just hold everything in. I don't tell anybody anything, but it was getting, over too much. It was becoming way too much. I didn't understand what was going on. I think what was killing me inside was the fact that everything that I enjoyed to do or loved to do was, it almost felt like it was being taken away from me. There was no longer an enjoyment. Yeah. From the church to my wife, to my kids, to uh, the gym, to um, just enjoying food, to everything. It felt like it was a drag to do everything. I couldn't, I didn't want to have a conversation with anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And this is me, a person that love to talk to people or have people around what I was going through almost caused me to not like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear from anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to deal with anybody because I felt exhausted. I felt so tired for me to just even try to do anything. Getting up from my bed felt exhausted, uh, you know, talking to people, going to work, I felt super like all my strength was just being uh, uh taken away even when you called me robin you said let's hang out i was dreading that moment i was yeah. like man i don't even know if i should go with him i don't even know if i should because i wasn't trusting myself it, it's not that i didn't want to see people only yeah. but i i felt like i couldn't walk for a long period of time because whatever my body was going through couldn't couldn't i couldn't do it i couldn't walk for five minutes without almost trying to stop and sit down because my body was getting tired and I felt like I was going to faint. So when you called me, I was like, you know, let me throw myself out there. Let's test it out. Let's go. And I think for the first time that night, I really felt good. Even walking around that, 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 that mall, the outside mall, even walking around, I felt like, okay, I was testing myself out. I was like, okay, I'm not falling. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm having a good time, but I, but still in back of my head, I was thinking to myself, I don't feel right. I don't feel good. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to go home. Yeah. But you made it into this. You, you made, you, you, you helped me in that moment. And I think yeah. it was in that moment where I actually started to seek for help. I started yeah. opening up. I think after I started sharing it with my wife, I called a few other people. I shared it with you. Then I was being vocal about opening up to our church and letting yeah. people in, in my world. And for the very first time in my entire life, I've been actually opening myself up and expressing how I feel, how my mental is, how my spiritual life is, how my physical life is, and just how my emotions uh, have been. And the doctor was the one who actually suggested that I should see a therapist. Hmm. Finally, I found one and I started going to see a therapist because I realized that, you know, all the years of my life, I never actually spoke to anybody and let go of things that maybe I had within my heart. So can I ask when the question came up on for you to see a therapist or are you willing to see a therapist? How was your reaction? Were you immediately receptive to it? Uh, No, not not right away because it's like, 
me i'm gonna see a therapist like i'm the one who helps out people i'm the right one who's, like, who's, who's like giving people advice i read the scripture i've lived long enough to be able to guide people and then i was like me i have to do it like uh, i felt iffy about it i was like you know i don't know if i should but honestly having to sit with somebody that doesn't know you and you're opening up and you're just expressing yourself i really felt comfortable because the guy made it feel comfortable. He made me feel like, hey, you know what? Let's talk. Let's conversate. And uh, well, I found out that I that 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 I'm very screwed up. <laughs> that I need a lot of help. Stop. You know what, Marco? It's so good that you are opening <laughs> up to say that because uh, a lot of things that you described were a lot of things that I went through. So my episodes or how I was feeling greatly depressed started in late October to December because I didn't reach out to you till December which a lot of people don't know, I was going through it from late October to December, which I've gotten better. I would say that I, you have seen over time how much I've come back alive just from since I reached out to you. But I was, everything you described was almost similar to what I was feeling. But I believe yours is almost from a physical standpoint. Mine's is more of emotional, mental, um, psychological. Because I was at the point, I had knew, I, I had knew that I was going through something because I had stopped showering. And yeah. I had also... It's, I had planted myself on this couch in this, in this one spot and just stayed there for hours and just not motivated to get up. I had lost motivation to work out. I was like, let me just eat garbage. I was like, what does it matter of doing all these things? Cause it doesn't no point. And it's just, it's almost like for me, it was dealing with this negative thoughts telling me all these things. And it was like this constant battle. And I felt like my, who I am was losing a battle to these negative thoughts. So I felt overwhelmed. So when I called you and reached out to you, it was a, it was a moment of saying, I need help. And I don't know yeah. how to start this. And I don't know where to go. Cause I don't feel like myself. So it was, you have definitely, when you, you know, when you reply, it was so, it was beyond a friend. It was beyond a pastor. It was saying like, almost, you're not alone. We're going to help you. Like, I'm going to help you get through this. And that was amazing though. So that was a, a real testament. It just, I just pointed out because you just don't know what people are going through. You know, you just don't yeah. know what they're carrying. You know, I think you kind of gave me surface prior to me hanging out with you, what you were going through, but I never learned the depth of what you're going through until you actually spoke about it. And I just remember seeing how relief you were also in person to talk about, share some things, you know, it was very comforting. And I just like that. And I just think it is important when we're having mental or physical challenges that we need to reach out to people and communicate, yeah. especially in a safe space. So that really helps a lot. I kind of want to transition and I wanted to talk to you about how did you deal with your church in 2020? Cause I know that must've really affected you physically and mentally as well to be able to kind of have that strip for you. Cause that's kind of like what your calling is, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, before I jump into that, I, I did want to say that if it wasn't for friends and family members that were there for me, um, I don't think like I'm physically still dealing with certain issues, but I'm, I'm, I'm at, in a place in my life now mentally emotionally where if it wasn't for people being there for me hearing me out if it wasn't for god getting me out of that mental state and that emotional state i don't think i will be right here talking to you rob or you know let alone be the person that uh, god called me to if it wasn't for the fact that god was there guiding me and all this stuff and i really felt like if it wasn't if 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 friends and family members weren't there, uh, I honestly don't know what I would do. 
there was there was one time that I actually talked to Maritza, to my wife, and I told her, I think I know, and I, I, I think I understand now why people want to commit suicide. I literally said that. Because not that I was contemplating, but the pain was way too much in the first, in July and August, that it threw me off. And I didn't know what was going on in my life. That there was moments in my life where I was like, Man, now I, I think I feel why it's a lot easier for me to just say, you know what, let me end my life than continue to move forward. And for the first time, I really felt like, you know, this is what I bet a lot of people feel like that leads them to that place. And so, you know, if it wasn't for friends who actually care because, you know, transitioning into the church, when you do a lot of stuff for a church, I've been a youth pastor for a long time, then became a pastor. You're so used to helping people. You're so used to being there for people. And sometimes you very few, you find very few people that actually will reach out to you like you have done to me. You know, you're constantly giving. You're always giving. You're always giving. As a parent, you're always giving. As a husband, you're giving. As a, as, as a you know, married people, you're giving. As a son, you're giving. Like you're constantly giving. At work, you're giving. You're giving. You're giving. And it's very rare sometimes when somebody actually stops you and says, how are you? How are you doing? Is everything all right with you? And people forget that sometimes because of the position that you're in, you're, um, you're, you're, you know, you're a, a superhuman and you got it all under control because on the outside, you look like you have it under control. Your pictures on Instagram look like you have it under control. You're constantly going out somewhere and it looks like you have it under control. And yet deep inside, you're like dying you're having anxiety attacks and you can't sleep at night. And I'm, thank God that there was people like you, Rob, and like my wife and, uh, and uh, some of my best friends and people were just there for me who actually saw past that and say, how are you doing? And I love the fact that I had family and friends who were doing that. And, and, and it did kill me to all of a sudden have a church that you're working so hard for. It's to me, it's not a business, but it almost feels like a business because you're, we started a church from scratch, from nothing. We started a church with just me and my wife and a few other people. And then all of a sudden we're growing this church. And the first year we're meeting, you remember, we're meeting in, in coffee shops and we're meeting in restaurants. We're meeting in waffle houses and, you know, cause we love to eat. We love to, to, chicken to, and waffles to drink too. coffee, chicken and waffles. There you go. <laughs> and so we're meeting and all that stuff. And then it's growing little by little. Then all of a sudden we find a place who is a broken place, but <clears throat> we found a place to meet. Uh, you know, the restaurant was messed up and sometimes the lights will flicker here and there and it felt like it was going to turn off. And, and, but we found a place and then we're growing. And then all of a sudden we find a newer place and we're growing. And then it's our third year. And then coronavirus hit. The entire world shuts down. My calling is what I do. And then all of a sudden, everything gets stripped away. And I don't think that I was prepared enough to see that being taken away. And I really believe that part of my anxiety and panic attacks and not being able to sleep was because I can no longer do what I've always done in my entire life, which was, which was to surround myself with people, help people, and have a place where people can come in and, and hear the word of God, have a conversation, have friendship and talk to one another, I really felt like all that stuff, all the hard work that I was doing was just literally being taken away. 
And that's, I think, one of the reasons why I ended up saying yes to getting a counselor, because I needed to really dive in and figure out why is this bothering me so much? And so, uh, yeah, it did. It, it did. I mean, a freaking coronavirus just literally shut down everything. And for me personally, I took it so personal that, I mean, there's moments I couldn't sleep, Rob. There's just moments I like, I'm like, are we going to even survive? Are we going to have a church at the end of 2020 still? Are, is there going to be still people coming in? And that right there was the scariest thing because anybody that's working for something to be taken away from everything, all of a sudden you start doubting yourself if maybe you should have done something different. And I yeah. took it to heart and I felt like I'm the failure here. I didn't know how to handle this. I'm not making things work. I see other churches working and doing things and, and moving forward, but I can't. And, and that was killing me deep inside. Mm, yeah. Whew, that is like, I'm trying to dissect that. That's, you know, that is a very vulnerable thing that you're sharing, Marco. You know, one, I'm thinking like, there's I'm, there's people like, what? A pastor is saying all this? You know, and we forget that you're human. And just to yeah. give more inside background of who you are, you do a lot of stuff on your own too. You know, I remember yeah. one point I had to call you out like, bro, you need to remember you have a team and we're here to help yeah. you. you know? So that's just a little of what your personality is. So I can just imagine like when things halted, how you must be like just, and then how it's actually probably affect you physically, emotionally. And, and mm -hmm. for you to just be in the place that you're at, it's just, that is, oh man, you are just, I just, I just can't. But what I really like about, you know, when you say you wasn't prepared, I don't, I don't agree with you on that because you have also still answered the phone anytime you have text back anytime <laughs> we are in multiple group chats together and you respond in a timely yeah. matter. You're still doing the things that a leader, a father, a friend, you know, a support system that is doing. And those key things are still playing a great impact in so many people's lives. So when you say you're not prepared, I'm sorry, bro. I can't agree with you because you're doing a tremendous job of what you're doing. And I just, I'm glad that you're also here on this platform to share more background insight because people don't understand how much you carry and how much you're you know, performing, you know, what you're contributing. It takes a lot of energy and work now that we're hearing it, what you're doing. And then even off that, you're a father, you're a father of two boys. You're, you just got promoted to a higher up to, I don't, I don't know your title, but director or manager, like yeah. you're just, yeah. and, and, and even in the, co uh, the, our COVID situation, you have, your job is in huge jeopardy. I don't mean to put your business out there. I'm sorry. I don't know. I just jumped into that, but it's I'm all just, good, dude. It's all too good. late. We're too far <laughs> into it. So you had, <laughs> yeah, your job was in jeopardy. You were bought. You didn't know it. your job was hanging by a thread, like, yeah. and you almost lost it, but God mm -hmm. was like, bro, I got you, bro. Just trust me. And you yeah. know, you got that promotion and you got a better job. So that's good. I mean, I can only last year just could have wrecked you that actually, you know, really, I can see how I led you up to those thoughts of, I, of really understanding people that commit suicide, you know, cause that yeah. the pressure is just a lot. I mean, man, you need a hug. Like, <laughs> Honestly, dude, I, I felt like I needed a hug, multiple <laughs> hugs for that matter, because you know, like when you, and the reason why I felt like I wasn't prepared is it, because of, you know, of, of how I, the assumption, the ideas that I made up in my head of how I think a church should be during a pandemic or how a church should have functioned. And all of most of the struggles that I face myself is the struggles that I put myself in mentally. Mm -hmm. Ideas that I generate that 
nobody's saying to me, but I'm building. I said the same ideas. thing. I said the same thing. The negative it's, it's, thoughts, it's right? A, exactly. It's like I'm playing <laughs> with my mind. And it's like, Marco, you're, you're a failure. Marco, look at you. You you're shutting down the church. Look at you, Marco. You're 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 a husband, but 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 you're sick. And and, and where is your God? Because all this time it was like, you know, God, where are you? I really felt like God wasn't there. Like, I really felt like, man, God, where are you? And that was messing with me. Ideas were like, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. I'm going to close this church down and I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to look mm-hmm. like like a like a fake in front of other people. And what's going to happen? What are people going to say about me that I couldn't support this and I couldn't support that? And I was playing in my mind ideas because of the pressure that I felt that I put on my, not that I felt, I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform. And I put a lot of pressure on me to try to make things happen myself. I think that's one of the reasons why you had to call me out and say, hey, Marco, you need to start handing over other people things for you to do. You see, I always felt like if I don't do it myself, then it's not going to get done. And so I needed to remember, you know what, there's a lot of people around me that could help and that want to help. But in my mind, it's like, no, I got to do it. I got to do it. And I was running 100 miles per hour trying to be a father, be a husband, be a, a brother, be a, a son, you know, um, be a, the leader that the church wanted me to be. And when I was going through that stuff, the sickness, I stopped communicating with everybody, Rob. And one of the things that I felt is, again, I felt like people were talking about me. I felt like people were saying I'm not a good leader. Look at Marco can't even do this. Marco can't even do that. Marco can't even move this church forward. Look at that. And so I, that those thoughts that were never there, that nobody ever mentioned, I felt like they were getting to me. And I think those are the things that I was dealing with in my mental state, in my and 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 my physical sickness transferred to an emotional roller coaster, mm-hmm. then in, and transferred into a mental roller coaster. And now. I was all over the place. Yeah. And I'm telling you that if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for friends, if it wasn't for the power that God has through through his Holy Spirit, I would not be here because I came so close of quitting everything. Yeah. From just like, just, you know what? I'm just going to go to Mexico. I'll move out. I'm gonna go to Mexico. I don't <laughs> talk to nobody. I don't want to deal with nobody's issues. I don't want to talk to anybody because I really felt like a failure. Yeah. And I think I had to come in terms with myself that, you know what? I'm just like everybody else. I'm going through stuff. I need help. I can't do it by myself. And opening up to not only my friends, but to the counselor, knowing that, you know what? I got to be at ease and at peace with myself, with the amount of work. I think that's the reason why, you know, I would text people still, because that was just the person that I am. I would still answer people's phone calls. I would still text. I would still DM people and try to be there for them because that's just who I was. Yeah. But yeah, it, 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 um, you know, the, the whole shutting down of everything else really set me back. And it was just a, combi- a combination of everything. The church shutting down, me feeling sick, and everything coming down in 2020 really messed me up. I mean, my God. If I mean, I know I messed up a lot of people too as well, but man, this was definitely a challenge that I've never, ever faced in my life. I mean, I can definitely <clears throat> agree with you and say that there's a lot of similarities that I'm um, analyzing as far as not just you and maybe other guests have have where it's kind of sounds like depression is taking over where you feel that negative, you know, that negative back and forth talk, yeah. um, that emotional roller coaster, And that did you ever feel I wanted to ask, 
I know you said you reached out for it, but did you ever feel like you were alone as well? Like this is loneliness by yourself with everything you're going through? But not only did I experience, did I feel lonely, I actually experienced loneliness. Let me just go back to to, to um, a few minutes, a couple of minutes ago, when I said that, you know, me as a, as a leader, I've learned to always help out people. Whenever somebody needs a ride, I'm there. Whenever somebody needs money, I'm there. Whenever somebody, if I got it, I'm going to provide it. I'm going to help out. But when I was going through these things, I didn't, I, because everybody else was going through stuff and I don't blame everybody else for this stuff, but I got to see that there was a lot of people that I helped out that weren't reaching out. Mm. Yeah, and that's and, the and worst feeling too. They, they, they didn't know that I was going through this. I, like I didn't express it. So I can't blame them. But at the same time, I felt super lonely because it not only was I wasn't sharing it, but like I said earlier, it's very rare when actually people look at you and they don't think that you're a superhuman being that you don't need no help. And so I wasn't getting a lot of people calling me or texting me. I wasn't getting a lot of people showing up to the house and saying, hey, how you doing? How's everything? Hey, what's happening? I mean, I was dying inside. The only person that knew was the people around my house and my wife. My wife saw how I became. My wife saw everything, every little thing that I was going through. And so not only did I actually feel lonely, for most of the first couple of months that I was going through this stuff, I actually was lonely. And I think that's the reason why I wanted to quit a lot of stuff because I felt like, well, what what am I doing trying to help other people if they're not Mm. trying to help me? And of course, all those thoughts were coming in because I was being emotionally unstable. I was mentally unstable and I was, my body wasn't there. And so I was making up all kinds of stories, but I was feeling lonely and I was lonely. And, you know, it's very rare when actually somebody texts you hey how's it going and and once i started sharing it in church you know i shared it not so that people can text me but i actually started getting people to text me people yeah. were actually calling me and texting me like hey marco how you doing let me check on you i'm praying for you and i actually started feeling good but that was part of me being vulnerable yeah so that i can start allowing people in my life and so that people can start pouring you know um, um uh, their lives into me that is the that, that is the reason I think one of the the, the things that, that happened between you and me uh, um, on that day when you text me was very key for my life. Because mm-hmm. up to that point, nobody had actually literally texted me and say, let's go out. Mm-hmm. And you you were like, I'm not going to take no for an answer. Yeah, I was pretty good. T- and- you had brushed me <laughs> off like a, I want to yes. say a couple of times. Even And then when I even got there, because you guys, it was like, it wasn't just like a yes. Even though he agreed to it, it was like, I remember getting to your house and it was like a drag. You were just like, yeah. okay, like, you know, we don't I have to go far. To you were like, we don't have to go far. We can just do that. But I already had in my mind, I wanted you to just get out. And I know it's really yeah. bad, but I thought, you know, of course, safety, we were masked, but I thought it was important. Um, he didn't know, Marco, you didn't know at the time, but it was also a key thing for myself as well. I didn't get to the part where I was depressed yet. Cause that was later on in the year, but it was, yeah. you know, it would happen every now and then, but it, I, I, I just, something told me to just push you to just really push you to get out. And I'm honestly, I'm so grateful. And we ran into like three people we knew that night. Exactly. Like it was amazing. Yeah. It was just yeah. a great time for both of us to just get out. I mean, we didn't get to eat anywhere, but <laughs> we, <Right? laughs> we did a lot I think of that was, I think that was that first time that, uh, that was the first time 
where I felt comfortable enough to actually, okay, let you know what, let me step out now. Yeah. Let, let me see if I can try to, to, to be myself. Let me mm-hmm. see if I can start, even though I wasn't feeling good physically still, that, that was the, the, the turnaround almost like, okay, let me start doing something. Yeah. Let me open up. Let me talk to people. Let me, uh, let me express to people. So when I was going back to preaching again and bringing the messages, I was actually now opening myself up and telling people, this is what I was going through. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people were shocked, like, damn, bro, you were going through that stuff. And you can say it's like, no, because part of me growing up as a, in a Mexican culture, a lot of things that I learned was based off what I saw. And a lot of things were people wouldn't share anything. If you were going through something, you dealt with it. And that's it. You yeah. wouldn't open up, yeah. you know, because it, it, because they looked at it as weakness. And so um, for me personally, it was like, okay, I got to just open up, man. I, I don't care what anybody else is going to say. Yes, I'm a pastor, but I don't have it all together. Yes, I'm a, I'm a dad, but I don't have it all together. I'm glad you bring that example up about race, because I think that's very true. You know, us coming from, you know, I'm from Crenshaw. So, and I'm, I'm biracial. I was raised in a black household. You know, it's the norm to be like, oh, there's something wrong with me. Like, boy, if you don't get in there and do the dishes, like, <laughs> like, you know, like shake it off. Like you, like you better depress them dishes, you know? Like, <laughs> So it's like, it's like, you know, what is that? And it's really abnormal exactly. in, in our upbringing to bring that. But you know, I love that our generations got a little more sensitive, you know, because we mm-hmm. really kind of bring enlightenment to emotions and our mental health. And now, I mean, I, I felt the shame, Marco, of not speaking about it. I didn't feel, yeah. I didn't feel, I felt like I was already weak. I felt like I, one thing I want to point out, I always share, I felt like if I told anybody, I was going to feel like a burden. I was going to feel like I was yeah. bugging him. I was going to feel like I'm whining. I was going to feel like I'm crying about something over and over, over. And when I talked to a mutual friend of ours, she had mentioned that, yeah, you are going to sound like a broken wheel because you're never going to, you never got off the wheel to talk about it with a professional. Exactly. You never got off the, the wheel to say, you know what? Um, it's time to fix it and really work on that issue. So that mm-hmm. everything we said is, is as far as that, the broken will was true, but everything else was not like, it's not, it was never that it's just something that we battled and struggled with. And I did go through the phase of seeing a lot of um, support once I did make the courage to open up and I felt so brave, dude. I felt, <laughs> I felt so good, good after I talked. Cause even after I would, I had talked to you, I didn't have a good day. But there was like, it was up and down, but it was getting better. It was that peaking of hope, you know, of just saying, you know, I'm going to get there. And I, when I eventually reached out to somebody else, it was like the the support had came in and I reached out to somebody else, the support came in and I just felt myself coming alive. And, you know, we're all human. And I believe even you, you know, we're still going through our struggles, but now we know how to cope a little bit better. One thing that you told me, Marco, that always sticks to me when I feel like I'm going to have an episode is you told me to try to change my environment, to try to do change what I'm doing, try to like not stay comfortable in it. And I, how I feel, I'll just walk you through. I get really depressed out of nowhere, like a wave of sadness will come over me and I'll have a breakdown. I'll start crying. And then I just don't want to do anything for the rest of life. And um, I mean, for my life, for the, in that moment, for like the day. Um, so I work from home. I find myself even just stop working and I'll just be like, I'll, I'll just cry on, on the floor. Yeah. I'll just be like really upset. And it's just like, I felt like just giving up, you know, but you, when you had said kind of shifted. So now I'm kind of, now that I'm aware how I'm feeling, 
I can try to do a couple things. I can try to reach out to somebody or I can try to do it myself. And one thing I told myself, I said, I don't want to take this from anybody's situation, but it's very important to reach out. But I do want to mention that sometimes we are our own life support. You know, we are our own, we're the only person that's going to be able to get us through it at the end of the day. Yeah. Obviously asking for help is very great, but you have to also seek down in your soul and find that strength in yourself to pull out, pull yourself out, you know? So when you had mentioned change my shift, I was like, okay, come on, Robert. I start cheering myself on. Come on, Robert, you can do this. Come on. How about you get up, change, make up your bed, you know, try to eat something. I would try to tell myself these little things and then there would be the battle. Like, no, you're already here. Think about this. Think about that. And I, it would be like that. But I did find this light that's shining like a power ray. It's like, come on, you can do it. Just try to eat something. Just try to cook or just try to take your dog for a walk or just try to do that. And that was shifting my, my, my gears and what I was doing. And that eventually helped me to get out of it. And then what even helped me even more once I got in my own strength is then reach out to someone and bam, I have that support system I'm talking to. They're encouraging me. Boom. I'm, I'm turning. Next thing you know, I'm getting through the day. I'm actually getting through the day instead of just being stuck. So it's, it's really important, um, especially with the effects of 2020 of just kind of being stuck and, you know, things just being removed from our lives that we're not used to is to communicate and reach out to people. You know, I am, I think, and I didn't think we can get any closer, man, because I remember years before we would just get into it. So that I thought that's how you come <laughs> close. But I just like that, you know, one, that you were receptive finally, <laughs> but then yeah. you open up and continue to be a really great friend. And I mean, man, like you helped save my life, man. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's just man, it. It's all, I'm telling you, dude, it's all God, bro. And and, and it's just the, uh, the, the amount of uh, communication that we have between each other. You know, this stuff is real, man. This 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 mental stuff is real. This emotional roller coaster is real. There's a lot of people out there that are just probably dealing with stuff. Just they don't have friends. They don't have somebody. That's why, for me personally, I always encourage everybody to reach out to someone. Because you never know, somebody might be going through something, and you're you're that miracle that they're waiting for. That that high, that text message, that phone call. It is a miracle that 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 potentially God can use to get them out of their funk, whatever whatever that it is that they're going through. And, you know, 2020 was a lot of us in there and a lot of us have learned and are learning still. And so what's going to happen in 2021 is how well we, we use what we learned and help everybody out or help other people, even when we're still going through our own things. I don't think that we're ever going to stop having issues and problems, but I know that 2020 made us a little bit stronger um, you know, with our mental and, and, and our spiritual life. But I think if we can just be there for one another, uh, we're going to be okay. And if we just continually to trust God, I really believe that he's going to lead us into, into our calling and, 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 our, and our destiny. Definitely. Yeah. Kind of winding down, would you say that there yeah. was anything, was there something particularly positive that came out of 2020? Um, I, yes, actually that um, um, I learned myself a little bit more. I learned um, that, you know, uh, I think I can actually take on, on, on certain tasks and, uh, and, 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 and keep moving forward. Uh, some of the positives is just that, you know, God was just kind of like leading me into not only just helping myself, but helping others as well. And that I was never alone. I, even though I felt alone, I was never alone. Even though I felt like God wasn't there, mm-hmm. he never left me. And yeah. He was always by my side. So yeah, I just felt like um, 
you know, that's one of the things that I learned that uh, um, we're, we're, we're strong under pressure and that God will never leave us nor forsake us. So, you know, there's quite a few things, but, you know, that's one of the things that I can say that God never left us. That's awesome. And then in closing, do you have any tips or recommendation about what you went through or just advice that you want to give the people? Uh, yeah, just make sure that you um, don't, it's okay to admit that you're not, that you're not okay. Mm. And be able to express yourself and open up yourself to someone else. And um, it's not a sign of weakness if you're um, um, calling somebody or texting somebody or letting someone know that you don't have it all together. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's not a sign of weakness, but reach out and open up and, uh, um, you know, let people know uh, what you're going through. Let them in your, in your in your world, at least for me personally, that's what I that's what I felt like just because I'm going through something that doesn't mean that I'm not, uh, th- that I'm not, um, you know, that I'm not good enough for um, that, that it just, it, it means something for me to just open up and say, you know what, I don't have it all together. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to not have it all together, but reach out uh, as much as you can and uh, just be receptive to what other people are trying to give you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Marco. Really appreciate oh, you. you coming <laughs> on. I mean, you, I, you know, like guys, this is a great moment because I've I've seen you vulnerable behind closed doors, but this is a great moment of you just being vulnerable and yeah. just sharing everything that you're going through. And I really appreciate you just taking the time, just be transparent and to be so open. You know, we thank you so much. Um, where can the people find you on Instagram if they want to reach out to you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at uh, Marco underscore Wape H U A P E Wape Wape. And, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> And awesome. then, you know, if people want to uh, shout out, you know, people want to come down, check us out on Instagram on our church too, it's at the secret place C. So I just wanted to give a shout to our church because, you know, awesome. uh, they're the real G's. <laughs> yes. Uh, so again, that's uh secret place C. Uh, he does service every Wednesday at seven, uh, seven o'clock every Wednesday and Bible study yes, every other Monday at seven fifteen. If you guys have any questions yes, or info, you're going to reach out to uh, me, DM me or my producer or Marco himself, and you can get in contact with us. Well, Marco, we thank you so much uh, for joining us. Another, another episode. You were on season one. Uh, we had a conversation together uh, about finding God. If you guys want to check that out, make sure to follow transparency podcast on all sound platforms um, and keep in touch. Uh, Thank you, Marco. Just in closing, um, it's really good just to kind of just share things with people to just share tribulations and things that you worry about or what you're going through with other people because you just never know how you can get through it. And when you were able to reach out to someone, you know, you were able to get lifted and encouraged. And Marco don't know when the moment when he had reached out are open about what he's doing. It was a healing path for myself to just say that I need help as well and reach out to him. So um, always try to find someone you can trust and communicate with to talk about that. And um, yes, as always, we will be here next week with a new episode. I just want to thank my guests. I want to thank my producer. And again, if you guys are curious of reaching out and collaborating with us, please go ahead and reach out to us. Instagram is worthy. I am at Rob is famous 1D. And keep it locked for next week's episode. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one.